For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, you know, I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Welcome to another episode of the ISO for SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. Conversations with experts in the field of sports. If you know me, which you probably do if you're listening to this, it's basketball focused. Today's a great guest, somebody who has overcome a lot of challenges, faced every obstacle head on, and has and is putting together a great professional career after a unique college career. Jacob Wiley. Jacob, how's life in Spokane as you're waiting for your next professional journey overseas? Hey, it's been great. You know, I uh, got one week left. Uh, just been enjoying being home, and I'm excited to get back, man. So right now, the way I understand it, with a lot of guys in the different European domestic leagues, uh, as well as teams that are playing in, in the Euro Cup and Euro League, uh, there's been an extended break around the Christmas time. Uh, is that kind of where why you've been back in the Spokane area for, for a while? I mean, in some countries, yeah. Uh, for me personally, I actually got COVID uh, back in November. And uh, I had a really rough time with it. And I was quarantined for two weeks in a hotel room uh, in, in Estonia. And so uh, I actually made the decision to come back. Uh, the club agreed. Um, that, you know, I'll come home for like six weeks, recover, uh, be with my family and then come back. Um, so in, in my personal case, uh, it's different. But yeah, a lot of a lot of countries are just like straight up suspending the leagues altogether. But uh, for me, it was it was a personal decision. Being in quarantine in, in Estonia it must be a lot <laughs> different than, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I believe you're the team you're with, uh, Grand Canaria, I've been told is one of the nicest setups in the ACB league in Spain. You're le- right on the beach. You've got yeah. tremendous restaurants, uh, things to do. What was it like in that hotel room in Estonia? It, man, it was crazy because I didn't see like the, the sun didn't come out for two weeks. Uh, it was just dark 24 seven. So you kind of like lose track of time and you start to lose your mind a bit, but, uh, you know, I got to I got to do some deep thinking and, you know, some reflecting and, uh, you know, all in all, I feel like I'm, I was better for it. Uh, you know, I don't wish that upon anybody, but, you know, you try to look at the positives with things like that. So, 
you know, as I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last couple of years, that last comment you make resonates a little bit. Always try to look on the positive side and the bright side of things. Uh, that's right. always something that I find refreshing about you when I talk to you at the gym. Where does that come from? Man, you know, just I think just growing up, like where I grew up, you had to have that mindset, man, because, you know, things were never, I guess, quite right. And, and for you to, I don't like to use the word survive, but for you to just live your life, you had to have the attitude of just, hey, keep it pushing. Things are going to be crazy. Things are going to be, you know, off. But um, you got to find the positive side in things. And I guess that's just kind of how I was raised. You know, my mom really put that, that mindset uh, into me. And to go back to a little bit of, of your upbringing and, and your early path of, of a basketball player, um, you bounced around from Long Beach, L.A. area. You've yeah. got family in Newport, which is just north of, of, of Spokane. And that's not known as a basketball hotbed like the <laughs> L.A. area would be. <laughs> I would imagine you had aspirations and goals and dreams to play college basketball, but quite frankly, coming out of Newport, Washington, there's not a lot of opportunities. No. Where, what was it that, one, helped you find the passion for the game, and two, work in such a way and then begin to believe that you might have a chance? You know, it's funny. Uh, I actually started to believe in myself uh, in Long Beach when I was 14. Um, you know, down there, it's, it's hot 24-7. It's sunny 24-7. And uh, we used to play basketball at the parks. And I used to play with grown men when I was 14. And uh, they all thought I was a lot older than I was. And they would ask me, what college are you going to? Or what, you know, where are you going to play ball? And I would tell them, I'm not even playing ball, dude. I don't even go to school, you know. <laughs> and they were like, what the hell's wrong with you? And some of the old heads would get would, would get in my ear like, man, you need to like go play some ball, you know, because I was dunking at 14. And, you know, I, I was more like physically developed than most kids my age. And um, that's when I kind of made a decision to, to move because I wasn't even eligible to play basketball down there. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like the, the older guys really put that confidence in me because I didn't play organized basketball. I just played at the parks, you know, because that was the big thing back then, you know, you, you know how it is back in the day, you, you lose, you sit. So it's like, it's super serious, you know, and all the old heads, they picked me to be on their team. And uh, that's what really started to make me believe in myself, even though I never had any like formal uh, 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 coaching or training or anything like that. We just, we just played ball all day at the park. And so in order for me to, to play high school basketball, I had to move up to Washington because they were the only, that was the only place that was going to let me go to school and, and, and let me do summer school and all that. And uh, that, so my dad made the decision that we were just going to move up and kind of start over and uh, really just started from square one, man, moved into Newport, like you said, a small school. Um, and I started off coming off the bench uh, in 10th grade. So it wasn't like I just came in and was just, you know, like killing right away. I, I didn't understand basketball at all. I didn't understand the strategy of basketball. I, I didn't at, at 15, 16, I didn't know what a zone defense was, a pick and roll. So my development was like way pushed back compared to the kids now who are playing AAU at, you know, they're playing at 10, 11 years old now, like traveling. And uh, for me, it was like traveling around the city at different parks. That was what we did. So, you know, but yeah, going back to your original question, that's what really put the confidence in me was the older guy saying, hey, where are you playing? What, and, and looking at me shocked when I told him that I don't even play high school basketball. 
You know, I think that's something that a, a lot of young players these days miss out on is, is there's so much structure in youth sports with, hey, you got a private training session here. You got a team practice right. here. You got a league game and then a tournament um, where you talked about playing against the old guys in the park uh, down in the L.A. area. I grew up going to an athletic club in Vancouver as a high school kid, I would be playing against 35 year old guys that right. were right off of work and they didn't want to lose to a young kid. So you kind of <laughs> learn how to compete to stay on the court. You get beat up yeah. by those old guys because they don't, they don't want to have a young guy beat them. Right. And, and right. it teaches you a lot of lessons. Um, one of the lessons I think that you probably took, and I, and I say this because I, I, I've seen it from you, you're up and you're at the gym at an ungodly hour almost every day working on what is now your craft basketball. Um, right. Give us an every, give, give me, give us an everyday kind of snapshot of how as a professional you still train. Well, I mean, like even today, you know, um, I'm up at four 30 in the morning. Um, I'm in the gym uh, on the court by five 30, uh, you know, on the court for an hour. And then um you know, I guess since the pandemic started, I built a home gym. So just just to, you know, navigate that because all the gyms close. So then I go and, you know, I lift weights at my home gym for an hour. And uh, that's that's how I start my day. And then later on, you know, like like, you know, we'll, we'll play pickup, you know, in town or if there's no pickup, I'll, I'll try to get in the gym again. So it's usually two, three workouts a day. Um, and I like to get in early just, just to set the tone for myself um, and just keep myself disciplined and, and mentally sharp. Like, I, I don't feel right if I, you know, sleep in and kind of mosey on into the gym. And like, um, I, I, think, I think being disciplined, especially with this, you know, if you want to call it a craft, being disciplined with this craft is really important. And, um, you know, growing up in L.A., uh, Kobe Bryant was everything to us. And we would hear the stories about Kobe, how he was in the gym at 4.30 in the morning. We would hear guys go, hey, man, my buddy, you know, trained with Kobe. This guy's, this guy's insane. He was in the gym 4 or 5 in the morning. And so I guess from a young age, that was kind of set in my mind subconsciously, like that that's what you needed to do to be a successful basketball player because that's what Kobe did. And Kobe to us was like he was everything. You know, he, we, he was winning championships, you know, in L.A., that's a big deal, you know, to be a champion. And uh, ever since I can remember watching basketball, that was the narrative uh, behind him and the Lakers. So I, I guess that's where I got it from. You mentioned Kobe and, and his willingness to do everything to win and, and compete. There's also another NBA legend that you've gotten to know well because of living in the Spokane area. Yeah. He's a Gonzaga legend. You're an Eastern Washington legend. You play pickup games at, at John Stockton's open runs. Now, I know we can't share with anybody where they're at and when they're at. John would not like that. Uh, but yeah. when you, you've spent uh, plenty of time around John now, is there anything oh, yeah. that you've really learned from him about your game or anything that he's given you that's helped elevate your game? You know, I think as much as he's giving me as much as advice he's given me verbally, I think I learned the most by actually playing with him and playing against him, you know, cause someone could tell you X, Y, and Z all day, but until you get on the court with them and he gives you that look like, why didn't you cut just then? Or, Hey, what comes at that screen? Or he throws a pass before you even know it's coming. Like that's when you really learn 
the game because you know that 99.9% of the time he's going to make the right play and it's up to you to kind of up your game and adapt to playing with him, especially when he's playing point guard and I'm the one playing pick and roll with him or running the floor with him. Like that's when I've learned the most. And, you know, he, he's come up to me recently and said, you know, Hey, I've, you know, I've been impressed by the way you've, you've learned like timing on your cuts and when to set a screen and when to space and, 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 and how to, how to uh, uh, run the floor, filling in the lanes and things like that. You know, whereas kind of what we mentioned on before, like all that stuff for me, like my development was late on all that stuff because I, I didn't start basketball at a young age. So for me, it was like always go, 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 go. And there was no understanding of pace, of change of pace, of timing or any of that, like, like going like, like slow to go and things like that. And I think that's kind of what he's helped me with the most. And I think that's the separation between pros and I guess you would say amateur players is understanding like pace, understanding timing, you know, understanding that you don't need to just go hard all the time. And, and for me, that was a strength before was, oh yeah, you know, they would say Jake, he just goes hard 24 seven. And while that's great, it's not optimal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So insightful. And, and I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, when I get a chance to go down there and John's one of the greatest ever, but just oh, yeah. the way he does all of the little things still going yeah. and playing against younger guys. And then, as you mentioned, kind of just little one quick phrases explaining something that yep. uh, the light bulb goes off. Uh, it's so fun to watch and it's so fun to be a part of. Right. Now you're, you're living in this area. Now you were, you, you finished your career at Eastern before you went to the NBA for a short stint. And now you're in Europe, but you had a right. very interesting college experience. Um, yeah. you, you started at Montana. Um, things right. didn't quite work out the way that, that maybe you had envisioned. You took some time off. You went to LC state down in Lewiston at the NAI level and were, you know, all American level player there before becoming a grad transfer at Eastern and really kind of opening the eyes of professional evaluators, both NBA and overseas. Can you give us a little bit of your story for somebody who, who might not know? Because I, I found I find it um, I find it very inspirational because there were a lot of things that you had to overcome and a lot of belief that you had to have in yourself uh, yeah. to get where you're at. Well. You know, I had one uh, had one college offer at a high school, uh, which was to University of Montana, and uh, I took it. And looking back, you know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't mentally ready. I wasn't physically ready. You know, because of those things we talked about, uh, my development was just late. You know, they I, they took a flyer on me just because I was a great athlete, and uh, so I wasn't happy there because it was too big of a jump for me going from. Newport High School, which has 400 kids, is the lowest. I mean, we're 1A, one of the lowest uh, divisions in the state of Washington, uh, to a Division One Big Sky powerhouse. You know, it was a huge jump, and um, it, it made me uncomfortable. And I was so good at other sports I, because I was just an athlete that I thought, hey, man, if I'm not enjoying basketball because, you know, they're they're trying to in my mind at a young mind I'm like oh they're trying to teach me the game and all this stuff this is BS this isn't me I want to play football I want to run track and so for me I'm like I wanted to do other things 
So my sophomore year of college, I didn't even play basketball. I quit basketball. So we, we played an NCAA tournament against Syracuse. Uh, and it was like the biggest loss in NCAA tournament history. And right after the game, I go, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do other things. And then six months later, I'm sitting there uh, watching the NCAA tournament. And a buddy of mine goes, hey, didn't you just play in the NCAA tournament last year? And I go, yeah. And he's like, well, what the hell are you doing here sitting on the couch with me? Like, you should be playing. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're right. You know, like, let me let me go in the gym and, and, and mess around and feel the ball. And I started shooting. And before I knew it, you know, I kind of just fell in love with it again. And I said, you know what? This was my this was my love. This is what I want to do. Um, and I want to do this again. But I need to take a step down to develop. You see what I'm saying? Like, I had to put my ego aside and be like, I'm not ready for Division One basketball right now. And so I made the decision to go to LC State and transfer with two other of my teammates at Montana. And that's where I really got to develop my game, man. That's where they took me in and the coaches go, look, we're going to teach you basically from square one, you know, the ins and outs of the game, you know, basic moves. I remember we would stand there and just work on jump hooks and just basic things. Um, and, and I developed there for two years. We won two championships and uh, I gr ended up graduating and Eastern came along. It was perfect for me because I just had my first child. Uh, my whole, you know, my family was local. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. But it was those two years at Lewis and Clark State after quitting basketball that really set me up for the rest of my, my career because I started over. I just said, you know what, let's throw it all out. Let's just let's just start over because I need to learn. I need to understand what's going on. And uh, it's actually funny because while at LC State, you know, coming back to John Stockton, while at LC State, my point guard and I would sit there during study hall, instead of studying, we would watch highlights of Stockton and Malone <laughs> and be like, okay, what did they do here? What did they do there? What, you know, why did he make, how did he make that pocket pass? Look at the slip. Look at that re and we would watch. And then we would go to our coach and say, coach, we think we can really do this. Like we think we can get this one, two game. And once, once we started to figure that out, you know, it was, it became unstoppable, but you know, I had, what I'm trying to say is it, it was really like literally studying, watching film in the gym, just breaking my game down. And uh, that's why I was able to go to Eastern Washington kind of full stride because you know, it, while people tried to think, oh, it was like an overnight thing. Where did this guy come from? It was really two years straight of just like grinding. So Angie's list is now Angie and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A lot of people in this day and age in this society don't want to take a step back and they don't want to yeah. go from the ground up and understand that there's a process that has to happen yeah. to become great at anything. I chose right. basketball from a young age. Uh, once you kind of, as you mentioned, took that step back and realized I want to be great. You realized I got to 
do the building blocks. I got to do it the right way. So you did that. Then you go to Eastern, your big sky player of the year, you're starting to get interest from NBA front offices, agents and, and European uh, scouts and evaluators. At what point did you realize, you know what, I'm good enough. I'm going to have a chance to make money at this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realize it even during the season, you know, um, while I was at Eastern, I was just so in the moment, like I wasn't thinking about playing professionally or any of that. I just wanted to do the best I could while at Eastern. It wasn't until uh, I got invited to the Portsmouth Invitational, um, which is like they take all the best seniors from Division One, and you play. So it's like seniors from Duke, North Carolina, you know, from the big sky. They only, they only take the MVP gets invited. So I got invited. And uh, so now I'm sharing the court with guys from, you know, Wisconsin and Florida. And I'm like, wow, you know, you, you only watch these guys on TV. You know, we never even got to play these guys. So, I'm, you know, I'm pretty nervous. But the first game, I have a decent game. You know, I have like 15 points, 10 rebounds and a bunch of energy plays. And I start to kind of turn some heads like, you know, because people didn't really know who I was at the time. You know, I'm from eastern Washington. You know, they're there to watch you know, the Duke kids, the, you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the, the big time players and, uh, and I'm holding my own. And then the next day I end up having like 30 and 12 or something like that. And then it was literally like the floodgates opened. I mean, that day we played at like noon by four o'clock. I was sitting in front of the Lakers, the Clippers, <laughs> the nets and i'm going and it's like a dream you know because i'm like how did this happen i'm just out there trying to trying to have fun and ball you know and, yeah. um i'm thinking man i can i'm hoping that an overseas scout can see me or something like that and the next thing i know all these nba teams want to talk and that's what kind of put me on the map was you know that portsmouth invitational it changed my life without that i don't think i would have ever even had a sniff of playing in the nba and definitely would have would have had a harder time getting overseas. But a after Portsmouth was when all the workouts started coming in, you know, the whole pre-draft process. And that really kind of just slingshotted me into that. I ended up doing like 20 something workouts that year. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't turn down a single workout. Uh, anybody that invited me to come, anybody that, you know, maybe a guy got injured and they needed a replacement. I was there. So I was <laughs> I was on the road for like three months. But um. Yeah, it was really at the Portsmouth Invitational that uh, it, it, it turned for me where I realized, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing well against guys that I was just watching on TV that, you know, Jay Billis and these guys are interviewing and, you know, they're in the tournament and all this stuff. And, and here I am, you know, uh, uh, playing well. That's when I realized, OK, maybe I can do this. So after that, you get a chance. You're, you, you play in the NBA for a bit for the Nets. Was there a welcome to the NBA eye-opening moment for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so <laughs> there was a few, Dan, actually, but uh, I, there was one that, that sticks out because I've never felt so, like, uh, helpless in my life. Uh, you know, we, we go on a West Coast trip. So I was the first player to ever sign a two-way contract, I believe. I don't have this, like, on record, but draft night, uh, the Nets call. They're like, we're going to sign you as a two-way. 
And uh, this was a new thing. The two-way contract was a new thing. This, like, no one even knew what, what it really was. So I'm thinking I'm going to play in the G League or whatever. I'm not even thinking I'm going to get a chance to play in the NBA. But they, but they called me up to go on a West Coast trip. So we're going West Coast. And, uh, again, I'm a two-way. So I'm, like, 17th man on the roster, bro. Like, I'm not – I'm thinking – I'm there to practice. You know how it goes. Like you travel, you play the three on threes with the guys, you kind of work out, work out with them. You're not really like there to play. And uh, we're in Denver. And one of the assistants comes up to me, goes, Hey, you're going to start the second quarter. And I, I, I almost vomited. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, what? You know, like I'm going to start the second quarter. And look, it's funny. I didn't find this out until later. Like nobody wanted to play because, it was a back-to-back. We had just played in Utah the night before. The guys were tired. You're in Denver, so nobody can breathe. Yeah. You know, it's a hard place to play. So, you know, they're just like, we just need some relief. So I go in, and they're like, okay, you got Paul Millsap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Very first play, Paul Millsap goes, oh, oh, oh. You know, four down, four down. He's calling the play. And, you know, like four down is like post up. Yeah. Or like. So he just buries me in the post, goes, does just like a little, like, just a little baby hook. Just It was just so easy for him. And I'm sitting there fighting with everything I got. And Paul Millsap is literally out there calling the plays, like, against me. And coach calls a timeout. He's like, you better not up. You better get this going. You better, you better be tough. You know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, bro, I have nothing for this guy. Like people don't understand, like, like someone like Paul Millsap, I mean, this is a grown man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still like a, a child at this point. So, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, him at the four and then Jokic at the five, that wasn't, that wasn't a fun day for me. I could say that much. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't imagine that would be a fun day. My, I have a similar one where uh, my rookie year with the Hawks, I had to guard a, a vet and they basically called the whole plays for about a four minute stretch. It was uh it was Nick Van Exel when oh. he was with Dallas. And Nick right. Van Exel's like mid-post game, about 17, 18 feet. Oh, yeah. Looking at the hoop would be the right wing, was unguardable at that stage of his career. Yeah. And yeah. Steve Nash was the point guard. And Nelly, the head coach, kept going to Van Exel on that mid-post just oh. to step off. And I was doing everything I could for a three, three or four-minute stretch fronting him all the way out to the three-point line, trying to push. The refs wouldn't call foul. Like, I just want anything to stop the play and have, like, a, a sideline out of bounds just to get the get a, get a head start on something. So I know I know the feeling that you were going through at that time. Right. It's not easy. Right. Now, you're continuing your career in Europe. You're still young enough where you've got a, a number of years uh, that are going to be very productive for you over there. But – Knowing that you've got a family, knowing you've got, uh, you know, so many different things that, that interest you now, being right. in Spokane, what is it that interests you when you're done playing uh, about living in Spokane and getting back in the community here in Spokane? Well, you know, for one, I want to finish, I want to go back to school and finish my master's degree. I'm halfway through with that. Um, you know, I've thought, I've considered going back into T or not going back, going into teaching, going into coaching. Um, you know, things like that. I don't, I don't want to really get into like training kids. Uh, I'd rather get into coaching and like being uh, involved in their life because, you know, going back to my story, like 
man, we, and, and for you too, like, th- like the whole training thing and the whole like personal, like workout guy thing wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. Like you learned the game either from a coach or you just learned at the park and had the old heads kind of teach you. So I kind of want to be like that figure uh, in the community, maybe coach high school and teach or something like that. But, you know, for me, like that's, it's so far off for me because I want to play for a long time. And, you know, while it's, it, it is important to think about those things, like I'm so focused on my career now that I haven't even really considered a lot of those things, but for sure, I want to finish uh, getting my master's degree. Yeah, that, that does make sense. A lot of what you say, because uh, while you're in the moment of your career, you have yeah. to be selfish daily of getting your work done yeah, maximizing your opportunity to continue to extend your career. So I, I 100% agree with that. But just knowing you and, and how you interact uh, with people at the gym, I could see you down the road. Hopefully it's 10 or 12 years from now. I could see you being yeah. a, a great coach in the area, either at the high school or maybe even the college level. Um, I appreciate that. So last question before I let you go. Um Eastern Washington has become a really good basketball program over the last five or six years. You played for Jim Hayford. Shante Leggins is, is now doing a, a unbelievable job there. Right. When you look at big sky basketball um, and you were at Montana, which was a great program, Eastern Washington, which is a great program. Yep. I don't think people understand how good that conference is, but especially people in Spokane don't realize because Gonzaga is just so good. What would your overall, you know, view be of Eastern Washington basketball as well as the Big Sky? Well, I think Eastern Washington has been one of the premier, you know, uh, mid-major programs in the West Coast for the last, I would say, shoot, eight to ten years. I mean, they've consistently been top of the league, uh, NCAA tournament berths. Um, And just just to give you an example of, like, the talent that's gone through there recently, like, Right now, I'm putting together a TBT team, uh, Eastern Washington alumni uh, TBT team. And right now we have, I believe, three Big Sky MVP Player of the Year uh, uh, commitments. So we have three guys that have been Big Sky MVP on the team. We have another two that's been first team all Big Sky. And we have another three that's been like second team all Big Sky. Uh, tournament champ or big sky champions tournament and this is all just on one team so you know most schools can't say they've had one of those in in the big sky eastern washington has had i think three or four of the last five big sky mvps you know you look at uh, uh, uh mason peatling who i played with recently um you know bogdan bliznik who was my teammate those two guys alone were on my team and ended up Two, uh, the next two years getting MVP, then myself and then Tyler Harvey, who was a draft pick, NBA pick, uh, guys like Vanky Joyce, first round picks. I mean, we got all these guys committing to play together on this TBT team because there is that brotherhood and there is that um, uh, connection of, hey, maybe we weren't all the, the, the best recruits. Maybe we weren't all like, you know, five star recruits that maybe a Gonzaga is going to be able to get or, you know, even like a, a Wazoo or any, any of these bigger programs. But Eastern Washington does such a great job of identifying talent and developing those guys and putting them in a good position to where they can shine and excel. And, you know, I just, I just 
can't think of many other programs that can say that they've had that much, not just uh, individual success, but team success. So, you know, I think Eastern Washington deserves a lot more credit than they get. Uh, Shantae has done a fantastic job, you know, uh, getting those guys to play together uh, uh, and maximizing certain talent. You even look at a kid like uh, Tanner Groves from Shadow Park, wasn't, you know, highly recruited, wasn't, you know, uh, getting his door knocked down by colleges. But, you know, he's, in my opinion, front runner for Big Sky MVP this year. He's averaging over 20 points and 10 rebounds. I mean, I'm sure that every other Big Sky school is going, why didn't we recruit that kid? <laughs> but it's not really about that. It's about these, the coaches there and, and, and the culture and the environment there. It breeds that development and, and that success. So, Well, I'm looking forward to seeing who else you get on that Eastern Washington uh, TBT team because I yeah. do know – Gonzaga, we've we've put together a team over the last few years. We didn't last year. I know I right. personally tried to recruit you to our group a couple of years ago. Timing yeah. didn't work out. So right. if you don't fill that roster by chance, and if Gonzaga, we yeah. do it this year with a few good men, you're on the you're on the GU squad just based right. on geographic. No doubt. No, you got you got my commitment if it doesn't work out. And, and you know how tough it is to get a group of guys together all in one place and one time to play, but um you know, we, we got some guys excited and and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do something like that was to show like, hey, look at how many great players have come through there. We got guys like even Parker Kelly is is uh, is committed to playing and, and and guys that are still in the community, still playing, still still working out. Uh, and so that, that we're trying to put that on display uh, just to kind of show like, hey, man, we, there's been some good players I've gone through here. And let's see if we can compete against, you know, some of the better players in the country. So, yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, great to hear that. I appreciate you joining with, uh, with sharing some of your experiences, your stories, your memories, and also for your advice for any young uh, student athletes that might've listened to this. So Jacob, I appreciate you joining. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.